you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication? Would you like to hear it from local experts who have lived in your community their entire lives? At Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuanas bring more than two decades of experience to give you old-school journalism with a new-age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Nuanas brothers provide knowledge from a family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day. For $8 a month or 90 bucks a year, get access to comprehensive college grizz and bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Well, familiar voice, familiar name, and uh, a guy who's been a guest before, but this is going to be fun. I wanted to find so a diversification of some contributors here to the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, and we got a new one, a guy you heard from on this podcast several times before, but now in sort of a new role, because I know he's been jonesing to talk about some football. Mike Ryder joins us now. He is a former Montana State All-Big Sky safety captain of the 2010 a big Sky champion, Montana State Bobcats, and the last couple of years been dabbling in the color commentary, but uh, this year takes a step away from that. But we wanted to give you a, an, another excuse, another chance to talk some ball, Ryder. So thanks for doing this, man. Oh, Colter, you know, if, uh, if football is being talked about, especially college football, I'm in, man. So thanks for having me. Well, of course, I figured, I mean, we always text uh, for an hour and a half straight when after the games and stuff, so I figured we might as well just uh, lay down some tracks. So this uh, this should be fun. Uh, let's just start with the gold rush. Uh, we'll get into some of the details, but just uh, your your broad general thoughts about Montana State's 63-20 to win over Utah Tech on Saturday night. Uh, you know, I, I think overall, well-balanced. They, they took care of business as they should have. I, I don't know that uh, people expected anything less, which probably says a lot about the state of the program, is you have a an FCS school that came in there and um, – and people expect them to beat them handily, and they did. The crowd looked awesome, uh, but but I feel like they they were well rounded. They ran the ball well. They stuck to their identity. I mean, they had um, you know 300 plus yards on the ground. Uh, the passing game looked improved um, defensively. I thought that they uh, looked solid. You know, we saw a lot of their depth that was that was utilized, which is Coach Vegan prides himself on you know rotating a whole bunch of guys and uh, getting guys developed throughout the season so that you need them for a long uh hopefully playoff push and gosh you got freshmen stepping up running the football i felt like the o-line did what they should be given the returners that they have but you know plenty to improve upon and we all know what's coming here this week and uh the test at hand it should be an interesting one in brookings there's there's such an interesting deal for me when it comes to analyzing the the push for balance on montana state's offense because they talked all offseason or improving the pass game. I did think Tommy Lott looks a lot better in terms of fundamentally and, and velocity-wise, the way he's throwing the ball, the way he's getting to his reads and stuff. But I also think that, you know, I mean, they rushed for 407 yards. They averaged eight yards a carry. It's going to be really hard for Montana State to ever really have a game where Tommy Mallott or Sean Chambers or both, you know, complete 20 passes or throw for 350 yards. Because you're just never going to get there when these running backs are ripping off 45-yard touchdown runs or 79-yard touchdown runs like Jared White. Sometimes you don't really get through all your offensive stuff. So, I mean, do you feel like it's kind of a delayed evaluation just because they do run the ball so well? I Yeah, I think so. And, and look, you, you have an identity, and, and they are committed to running the football. And it's not like, um, you know, certainly they have some gap scheme and they, they love their wide zone and, and, um, and what they've established there. But, the, you know, there's creativity and wrinkles within the run game. And so, um, the, you know, it's not like they're just getting downhill and running power. 
Uh, I mean, they certainly have the ability to do that, but there's some creativity. There's creativity with, with personnel groupings and motions and shifts and tempos. And, and so I, I think uh, it's their identity is to run the football. So don't abandon that. It's, it's never going to change, which I think is for, a, I guess, maybe an old school football type guy. You have to run the football. You really do. It. That's what wins football games, especially late in the season. So I love that they can show the ability to do it and do it creatively, but you do have to have the explosive packing, passing attack, at least the option to do that. And um, I think from what we saw, uh, they were improved. And going into this week, it's going to be a different ball game with, with the defensive front of, of South Dakota State. And, and so they're going to try and lean into their run game, which they have to because everything is based around it for Montana State. But they got to show the ability to stretch the field vertically. And I think that they're, they're much improved, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. There's also an interesting evaluation on Saturday because Ty McCullough, who's a Colorado State transfer, is supposed to be their speed guy over the top. He was out with an injury. Lanyata Alexander, who's the transfer from Arizona State, who they brought in to be their big physical slot receiver, he was out because of an eligibility deal. Taco Dowler, who's a guy I know you're a Billings West guy, so you know the Dowler boys well. Dowler's out till early, uh, probably midway through the season at the earliest with a, after having shoulder surgery in the offseason. I mean, those are three of, if not their three best receivers. So, uh, grain of salt, too. I mean, they, they need to get those guys back to truly have all the weapons that they need in the pass game. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think it's, you know, like Coach Vegan probably explains it, it's an opportunity for some of those other guys to step up. You know, Cleveland has done a really nice job and, and runs well, and they've shifted him to the outside. Uh, you know, he was more of that slot guy, but he's playing outside. Um and uh, Christian Anaya, he's getting, you know, a young kid that's getting some some really good reps, and and uh, it forces you to to step up. And it's they've used that next man up mentality. They really have uh, throughout the vegans' time there, and I think it's just another opportunity to lean into some of those tight ends in some of the past game. Those are great options uh, with with uh, with Pickering and with um, uh, and also with Snell. So. Uh, I think you lose some of the dynamic ability of those guys, but I think that there's pretty confident with the recruiting class that they've had and some of those young guys waiting in the wings. Mike Ryder here on the Big Sky Breakdown, talking uh, all things Big Sky, all things Bobcat football. I want to ask you about uh, the Dowler boys, because uh, remind me, did you, did you have the overlap there when you were coaching at West? Did you coach those guys? I, I did, yeah. I was able to, uh, lucky enough to coach uh, both Taco and Caden for their junior season, and then uh, their senior season is when I started doing the uh, the color commentary there for for the Bobcats. So um, I had an opportunity to coach those guys, um, and just tremendous kids, along with Paul Brott and Neil Daly, and so I got to spend some time. But I, I really spent the most time with Caden and Taco, just on the secondary side, and um, really good athletes, coachable kids. Uh, that have a really, really tremendous skill set. And you can see that both of them have made an impact really, really early. Taco got so much shine last year because he had you know a couple part returns for touchdowns. He had the huge play against NAU that set up the game-winning field goal that might have been actually the play of the year uh, in, in Montana State's season because that, that helped them then surge and, and have the momentum to go undefeated in league play. Uh, but now Caden's getting some shine. Caden had a pick on – Saturday, and uh, I've loved getting to know him a little bit too. I mean, he's a great interview, really smart kid, thoughtful guy. So um, you must be, it must make you a little proud to to see him uh, sort of emerging. Yeah, I, I 
couldn't be any more proud of those guys. And I, I get a chance to try and uh, I spend a little bit of time with them when they're back in Billings. We grab breakfast, gosh, probably a, a week before two a day started. And um, I'm just so proud of them. And, and Caden, uh, uh, you know, he just, he's got something different to him. He's got a, a really good head on his shoulders, uh, a really good skill set. I love how physical he is. Comes downhill. He's a sure tackler, um, plays with a ton of fire, really good pad level. And uh, I knew at West, both those guys, they just had something different. And, you know, Caden isn't, I guess, quote, unquote, as explosive as Taco, but, um, you know, it's just such a fundamentally sound guy and plays really hard. And then, and then Taco, man, uh, I'll never forget, Coulter, we were, we were coaching uh, a couple falls ago, like I mentioned, and I got a chance to coach with uh, uh, Taylor Deese, who played, you know, defensive tackle for, for MSU. So, you know, we played together. Sean Sampson is the old line coach there. And we were sitting there watching some wind sprints at the end of the uh, one practice. It might've been early in the fall. And, uh, and Taco was, you know, just leading the pack and so effortless in the, some of these wind sprints. And I'll never forget Kay, or, uh, uh, Taylor and I looking at each other being like, I mean, he has the speed to play at the next level. I mean, I, I just, the acceleration and the speed, I mean, and albeit wind sprints, not even running to catch a football, but he just has got the natural juice uh, in the tank to run. And we've seen how, uh, I mean, early on as a true freshman, he was a weapon for those guys. So bummed to not have him on the field, but gosh, those guys are special and I'm sure proud of them. It's fun to watch from afar. Happy anniversary to Blackfoot Communications as we celebrate five years of helping local entrepreneurs through the C2M beta program. C2M Beta has helped launch exciting new businesses in many sectors, including virtual wellness solutions for hospitals, exercise options at airports, cattle monitoring solutions, and much more. Check it out at c2mbeta.com and sign up today for the showcase event on July 11th in Bozeman or join virtually. Things you, I mean, it's kind of hard to gauge because, I mean, Utah Tech played their hearts out and they, they were hanging early on, but then the Cats just they just avalanched them. I mean, Montana State's offensive line is just so dominant. And, I mean, the Cats were not even trying to score 63. They were trying to run out the clock in the late third and early fourth quarters with their fifth, sixth, seventh string running backs, and it just didn't matter. I mean, Jared White scored a 79-yard touchdown when they were trying to run out the clock. Scott Trey Humphrey scores a, a touchdown in in what's supposed to be garbage time. So it's kind of hard to gauge uh, any, anything but just how prolific the run game was. But spots where you, you think Montana State could improve? I mean, I guess defensively, what would you think of just their, their operation, particularly in the secondary? Because that's definitely a, a spot where I think them getting better could help the team uh, potentially take the next step. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know communication-wise, it looked like there may have been a few you know communication things that they uh, were lucky to not get caught in, um, and so I think week to week your communication continue to improve. Um, I think they have some unproved guy or unproven guys that have that are maybe a little bit out of position. Um, you know, like a Drew Polidor who has played a bunch of corner, but you know playing at safety, I, I felt like he he you know held up really well, but again. He's still getting used to a new position. Um, is he going to get, you know, threatened over the top? They got two really good guys out there in Brookings and the Yankee brothers. And so what's that, what's that stuff going to look like? I, I feel like uh, the communication needs to continue to improve. You can always be a better tackling group um, and uh, continue to, to be a little bit more physical getting off of blocks. I think it's just an untested group. Outside of Simeon Woodard, um, 
you know, I feel like they're still trying to figure out who they are in the secondary. Um, you know, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the, on the Sentinel product. Uh, Rylan Ort. And safety. Ort, thank you. So Ort, uh, he's played a lot, but again, uh, just trying to figure out who they are in the secondary. They're just on the edge, still trying to uh, establish some starters outside of Simeon Woodard. So I, I think there's, there's much to be improved upon, and I think good secondaries continue to hone in on the craft week in and week out, and I don't think they're, they're going to have uh, any exception on this end. So it'll be fun to watch how they progress from week one to week two. The old coach speak, everybody talks about that. That is such a huge jump from week one to week two. Can you make a huge jump? And given the test that's waiting for them in Brookings, it'll be interesting to see what happens. When it comes to defensive operation, the, the Cats have great talent. I mean, they have multiple all-league guys up front. I think they have a couple linebackers that could be all-league guys, and I think that the next step for Simeon Woodard and, and Rylan Ortiz is as all-league guys too. So they have guys at all three levels of their defense. And sometimes, the last couple of years, they've been very good defensively, and other times they've given up these huge gash plays. That is the sort of weakness right now of the defensive unit. If they could eliminate the big plays, they could become an elite defensive unit. When when a when a, a unit is given up big plays consistently, is that what you're? Is that a matter of communication or is that a matter of alignment? What is the main factor that goes into when teams are giving up big plays in bunches? Yeah, I, I think it could be a combination of things, Coulter. But I, so much of it is, um, from my experience, is you know getting two guys in a gap. Some of the fundamentals, getting two guys in a gap, or. Uh, you know, losing contain or taking a poor angle or a misalignment just based on formation, right? And not seeing the big picture uh, if you're getting lined up as a linebacker and for some reason you're just you're, – you're plus one way or the other that you should be and you're out of a gap just based on your alignment. So those little things that we probably don't – you know, you, you, you don't see as you're watching from the couch, um, man, it, it all matters, you know, lining up correctly and – uh, communicating on motions and shifts, and then that's just all pre-snap stuff. And then post-snap, how do you uh, how do you you know tackle somebody and you're you're tracking somebody in space and are you gang tackling? Are you cupping the football? You know, meaning do you have somebody on the outside of the ball carrier? Do you have somebody on the inside of the ball carrier to make sure that uh, you know you got that guy viced? I think all of those things can happen. Um, you know, without watching any of the film in particular, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, what happened in some of those big plays. But I think a lot of it comes down to having maybe two guys in a gap at times and putting your nose where it shouldn't be. And I think the best teams, the best defenses, they communicate pre-snap all the time. They're, they're really, really vocal. They're really good with their alignment. And everybody's always in a gap. And you, you never have two guys in a gap. And I think those are the two biggest things, or three biggest things, rather. And I think last year too. I think last year was a huge adjustment because they a lot of the guys that returned had been used to playing with Troy Anderson. And if you, if you miss your gap or you miss your assignment, Troy Anderson can just chase you down on the open field and he can erase everybody's mistakes. And so I think that was an adjustment mm-hmm. for those guys too. Yeah, yeah. He uh, when maybe they weren't gap sound, he had the ability to to make people right. Um, but I, I will tell you, uh, they were really good last year being gap sound, but I, I think one of the, the biggest things that stood out, it was two years ago, uh, and, and they went through, gosh, probably the first four or five games, and 
without really any explosive play. And, um, and Coach Freddie, who's now at Colorado State, I'll, I'll never forget how fundamentally sound those defenses were. They always had guys in the right gaps. When the motions happened, when the shifts happened, that was pre-snap. They were sliding and adjusting, you know, hat for a hat, and then the ball was snapped. And if you had pulling linemen or you had anything like that, they were always matching. They always had guys in a gap. And so it just comes from reps too, Coulter. I mean, some of these guys have played a fair amount, but some of those guys are still pretty young linebacker-wise. And so making adjustments and calls and making sure you're lined up pre-snap and then executing post-snap, uh, making sure you got you know, hats and gaps, man. It's going to continue to improve, and um, they've got a lot of capable guys on that side, no doubt. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Mike Ryder here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Last thing for you then, uh, what's the uh, what's the prospects on Saturday? I mean, these. I think it's interesting because the Cats definitely took it on the chin last year in Brookings, but people forget that the Cats beat South Dakota State two years ago, and they beat them pretty handily, and that was a really talented team with an NFL quarterback in uh, – Chris Oladokun, so, uh, you know, I know they're really talented guys, too, like Pierre Strong still plays for the Patriots, Tucker Kraft is playing for the Packers, I mean, South Dakota State was stacked, and they lost when they came to Bozeman, uh, but the, the the most recent matchup's the one that lingers in people's minds, and I understand why. How much can that matchup last year, though, help Montana State going back to Brookings this year, and also, how much does it help that it's not going to be played on an ice rink? How much do you think that's a factor this time around? Yeah, Coulter, I don't want to I won't make excuses because they got beat handily last year, but it was interesting that the field playing a factor, I think naturally being able to stretch the uh, a defense and, and kind of utilizing your weapons offensively to the max. I don't think they were able to do that last year. Now, some of it was the field, some of it was the, the execution and all, but um, look, I think uh, they have got the, the guys, the cats do on their side to go compete and win this game. I, I really, really do. And you, you're, you're right. There's a lot of guys that played two years ago in that playoff game uh, for South Dakota state and for Montana state. And so I think, uh, you know, you have to take both things into, into consideration, I suppose, from a game, a game planning perspective. But then outside of that, it, it's a brand new season. It's an awesome measuring stick game just to kind of gauge where is each team at Really, this game isn't going to have any any bearing on what happens in the playoffs or anything like that. It just won't. Uh, I think it's too early on, except internally within your building. It is a measuring stick game. And I think you look at, at Montana State, I mean, you use that loss and getting dominated truly in the trenches and getting, uh, you know, out physical and, and then mentally also getting getting beat on that side it's a motivation game for those guys. That, that's what played in their mind all winter conditioning, all spring ball, all throughout fall camp. This game has been circled on the calendar. So it's going to be a fun one. I think you kind of have to throw out those other two results. It's going to be a new season. Um, and uh, both teams, uh, I think they're ranked properly, you know, being number one and two in the country, or one and three respectively, depending on which poll you look at. It's going to be a, a a really good game, and I'm excited to see who who comes out on top. 
It's going to be one of the games of the year already. It's only week two. Mike Ryder, former Bobcat coach, former Bobcat player, and uh, former Bobcat color commentator now analyzing some stuff for us here at Skyline Sports. Mikey, thanks, man. Great catching up and uh, good stuff this week. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Awesome, Coulter. Thanks for the time, man. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving. Town.